propositions forty to fifty-nine of the elements of theology by proclus translated by thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by geoffrey edwards proposition forty of all things which proceed from another cause those which exist from themselves and which are allotted a self-subsistent essence are the leaders for if everything which is sufficient to itself either according to essence or according to energy is more excellent than that which is suspended from another cause but that which produces itself since it produces the being of itself is sufficient to itself with respect to essence but that which is alone produced by another is not sufficient to itself and the self-sufficient is more allied to the good but things more allied and similar to their causes subsist from cause prior to such as are dissimilar this being the case things which are produced by themselves and are self-subsistent are more ancient than those which proceed into existence from another cause alone for either there will be nothing self-subsistent or the good is a thing of this kind or the first things that subsist from the good but if there is nothing self-subsistent there will not in reality be in anything self-sufficiency nor will it be in the good since that being the one is better than self-sufficiency it is also the good itself and not that which possesses the good but if the good was self-subsistent in consequence of itself producing itself it will not be the one for that which proceeds from the one is not the one and it would proceed from itself if it was self-subsistent so that the one would at the same time be one and not one hence it is necessary that the self-subsistent should be posterior to the first and it is evident that it will be prior to things which alone proceed from another cause for it has a more principal subsistence than these and is more allied to the good as has been demonstrated proposition forty one everything which is in another is alone produced by another but everything which is in itself is self-subsistent for that which is in another thing and is indigent of a subject can never be generative of itself for that which is naturally adapted to generate itself does not require another seat because it is contained by itself and is preserved in itself apart from a subject but that which abides and is able to be established in itself is productive of itself itself proceeding into itself and being connective of itself and thus it is in itself as the thing caused in its cause for 
it is not in itself as in place or as in a subject for place is different from that which is in place and that which is in a subject is different from the subject but this which is in itself is the same with that in which it is inherent for it is self-subsistent and it is in such a manner in itself as that which is from a cause is in the cause proposition forty two everything self-subsistent is convertive to itself for if it proceeds from itself it will also make a conversion to itself for to that from which progression is derived to that a conversion coordinate to the progression is directed for if it alone proceeded from itself but having proceeded was not converted to itself it would never aspire after its proper good and that which it is able to impart to itself every cause however is able to impart to that which proceeds from it together with the essence which it gives well-being conjoined with this essence hence that which is self-subsistent will impart this to itself this therefore is the proper good to that which is self-subsistent and hence this will not be the object of desire to that which is not converted to itself but not desiring this it will not obtain it and not obtaining it it will be imperfect and not sufficient to itself if however self-sufficiency and perfection pertain to anything they must pertain to that which is self-subsistent hence it will obtain its proper good and will be converted to itself proposition forty three every thing which is convertive to itself is self-subsistent for if it is converted to itself according to nature it is perfect in the conversion to itself and will possess essence from itself for to everything essential progression is from that to which conversion according to nature is directed if therefore it imparts well-being to itself it will likewise undoubtedly impart being to itself and will be the lord of its own hypostasis hence that which is able to revert to itself is self-subsistent proposition forty four every thing which is convertive to itself according to energy is also converted to itself essentially for if it is capable of being converted to itself in energy but is without conversion in its essence it will be more excellent according to energy than according to essence the former being convertive but the latter without conversion for that which depends on itself is better than that which alone depends on another and that which has a power of preserving itself is more perfect than that which is alone preserved by another if therefore it is convertive to itself according to the energy proceeding from essence 
it will also be allotted a convertive essence so that it will not alone energize towards itself but will depend on itself and will be contained connected and perfected by itself proposition forty five everything self-subsistent is unbegotten for if it is generated because generated indeed it will be imperfect of itself and will be indigent of perfection from another because however it produces itself it is perfect and sufficient to itself for everything generated is perfected by another which imparts generation to it not yet existing for generation is a path from the imperfect to its contrary the perfect but if anything produces itself it is always perfect being always present with the essence of itself or rather being inherent in that which is perfective of essence proposition forty six everything self-subsistent is incorruptible for if it should be corrupted it would desert itself and would be without itself this however is impossible for being one thing it is at the same time cause and the thing caused but everything which is corrupted departing from the cause of itself is corrupted for so far as it adheres to that which contains connects and preserves it it is connected and preserved but that which is self-subsistent never leaves its cause because it does not desert itself for it is the cause of itself everything therefore self-subsistent is incorruptible proposition forty seven everything self-subsistent is impartible and simple for if it is partible being self-subsistent it will constitute itself partible and the whole will be converted to itself and all will be in all itself this however is impossible hence that which is self-subsistent is impartible but it is also simple for if a composite one thing in it will be less but another more excellent and the more will be derived from the less excellent and the less from the more excellent if the whole proceeds from itself farther still it would not be sufficient to itself being indigent of the elements of itself of which it consists everything therefore which is self-subsistent is simple proposition forty eight concerning the perpetual in order to demonstrate that the world is perpetual everything which is not perpetual is either a composite or subsists in another for either it is dissoluble into those things of which it consists and is entirely composed from the things into which it is dissolved or it is indigent of a subject and leaving the subject it departs into non-entity but if it is simple in itself it will be indissoluble and incapable of being dissipated 
Proposition 49. Everything self-subsistent is perpetual. For there are two modes according to which it is necessary a thing should not be perpetual, the one arising from composition, and the other from a subsistence in something else as in a subject. That which is self-subsistent, however, is neither a composite, but simple, nor in another, but in itself. Hence it is perpetual. Proposition 50. Everything which is measured by time, either according to essence, or according to energy, is generation, so far as it is measured by time. For if it is measured by time, it will be adapted to it, to be, or to energize in time. And the was, and the will be, which differ from each other, pertain to it. For if the was, and the will be, were the same according to number, it would suffer nothing by time proceeding, and always having one part prior, and another posterior. If, therefore, the was and the will be are different, that which is measured by time is becoming to be, or rising into existence, and never is, but proceeds together with time by which it is measured, existing in a tendency to being. It likewise does not stop in the same state of being, but is always receiving another and another to be, just as the now in time is always another and another, through the progression of time. Hence it is not a simultaneous whole, for it subsists in a dispersion of temporal extension, and is coextended with time. This, however, is to possess being in non-being, for that which is becoming to be is not that which is become. Such a kind of being, therefore, as this, is generation. Proposition 51. Everything self-subsistent is essentially exempt from the natures which are measured by time. For if that which is self-subsistent is unbegotten, it will not, according to existence, be measured by time. For generation is conversant with the nature which is measured by time. Hence, nothing self-subsistent has its being in time. Proposition 52. Everything eternal is a whole which subsists at once and whether it has its essence alone eternal it will possess the whole at once present nor will it have this thing pertaining to itself now subsisting but that afterwards which as yet is not but as much as is possible it now possesses the whole without diminution and without extension or whether it has its energy as well as its essence at once present, it possesses this also collectively, abiding in the same measure of perfection, and, as it were, 
fixed immovably and without transition according to one and the same boundary. For if the eternal, as the name denotes, is perpetual being, but to be sometimes, and to subsist in becoming to be, are different from perpetual being, it is not proper that it should have one thing prior and another posterior. For if it had, it would be generation and not being. But where there is neither prior nor posterior, nor was and will be, but alone to be, and this a whole, there everything subsists at once, that which it is. The same thing also takes place with respect to the energy of that which is eternal. Corollary From this it is evident that eternity is the cause to wholes of their existence as wholes, since everything which is eternal, either according to essence or according to energy, has the whole of its essence or energy present with itself. Proposition 53. Concerning Eternity and Eternal Natures. Eternity subsists prior to all eternal natures, and time exists prior to everything which subsists according to time. For if everywhere the natures which are participated are prior to their participants, and imparticipables are prior to participated natures, it is evident that the eternal is one thing, the eternity which is in the eternal another, and eternity itself another. And the first of these, indeed, subsists as a participant, the second as a thing participated, and the third as an imparticipable. That also which is in time is one thing, for it is a participant. The time which is in this is another thing, for it is participated. And the time prior to this is another thing, for it is imparticipable. Everywhere also that which is imparticipable is in all things the same, but that which is participated is in those things only by which it is participated. For there are many eternal and many temporal natures, in all of which eternity subsists according to participation. The time also, which is in temporal natures, subsists in a distributed manner, but the time which they participate is indivisible, and there is one time prior to both these. Eternity itself likewise is an eternity of eternities, and time itself is a time of times, and they give subsistence, the one to participated eternity, but the other to participated time. Proposition 54. Every eternity is the measure of eternal natures, and every time is the measure of things in time, and these are the only two measures of life and motion in beings. For everything which measures either measures according to a part, 
or it measures the whole at once when it is adapted to that which is measured that which measures therefore according to the whole is eternity but that which measures according to parts is time hence there are only two measures the one of things eternal but the other of things in time proposition fifty five every thing which subsists according to time either subsists through the whole of time or has its hypostasis once in a part of time for if all progressions are through similitude and things more similar to first natures subsist in union with them to such as are dissimilar but it is impossible for things which are generated in a part of time to be conjoined with eternal natures for as being generated they differ from first natures which are self-subsistent and as existing once they are separated from things which always exist but the media between these are such things as are partly similar and partly dissimilar to them this being the case the medium between things which are once generated and those that exist always is either that which is always becoming to be or that which is once or that which is not truly being it is however impossible it should be that which once only truly is and that which is once not truly being is the same with that which is becoming to be hence the medium is not that which is once only it remains therefore that the medium between both is that which is always becoming to be being conjoined indeed with the worse of the two through becoming to be but through subsisting always imitating an eternal nature corollary from these things it is evident that perpetuity is twofold the one indeed being eternal but the other subsisting according to time the one also being a stable but the other a flowing perpetuity and the one indeed having its being collected and the whole subsisting at once but the other diffused and expanded according to temporal extension and the one being a whole of itself but the other consisting of parts each of which is separate according to prior and posterior proposition fifty six everything which is produced by secondary natures is produced in a greater degree by prior and more causal natures by whom such as are secondary were also produced for if that which is secondary has the whole of its essence from that which is prior to it its power of producing is also derived from thence for powers in producing causes are essentially productive and give completion to the essence of them but if it is allotted the power of producing from a superior cause it will possess from that its existence as the cause of things of which it is the cause and its power of giving subsistence to other things will be measured from thence if however this be the case 
the things proceeding from it are effects through that which is prior to it for the one perfects a cause and the other the thing caused but if this be the case the thing caused is from thence rendered such as it is moreover that it is also in a greater degree perfected from thence is evident for if that which is first gives to that which is second the cause of producing it will primarily possess this cause and on this account that which is secondary generates receiving from thence a secondary generative power if however the one becomes productive through participation but the other in a way superior to participation and primarily that will be in a greater degree a cause which imparts generative power to another thing proximate to its own nature proposition fifty seven every cause both energizes prior to the thing caused and gives subsistence to a greater number of effects posterior to it for so far as it is cause it is more perfect and more powerful than that which is posterior to it and in consequence of this is the cause of a greater number of effects for it is the province of a greater power to produce more of an equal power to produce equal and of a less power to produce a less number of effects and the power which is able to effect greater things among similars is also capable of effecting such as are less but that which is able to effect such as are less is not necessarily capable of producing such as are greater if therefore the cause is more powerful it is productive of more numerous effects moreover such effects as the thing caused is able to produce the cause is in a greater degree able to produce for everything which is produced by secondary natures is in a greater degree produced by such as are prior and more causal the cause therefore gives subsistence together with the thing caused to such effects as the thing caused is naturally adapted to produce but if likewise it produces prior to it it is indeed evident that it energizes prior to the thing caused according to the energy which is productive of it every cause therefore energizes prior to the thing caused and together with it and posterior to it gives subsistence to other things corollary hence it is evident that of such things as soul is the cause intellect also is the cause but that soul is not also the cause of such things as intellect is the cause but intellect energizes prior to soul and such things as soul imparts to secondary natures intellect also imparts in a greater degree likewise when soul no longer energizes intellect imparts by illumination the gifts of itself to those things to which soul does not impart herself for that which is inanimate so far as it participates of form participates of intellect 
and the production of intellect moreover of such things as intellect is the cause the good also is the cause but not vice versa for the privations of forms subsist from the good since all things are from thence but intellect being form does not give subsistence to privation proposition fifty eight everything which is produced by many is more compounded than that which is produced by fewer causes for if every cause imparts something to that which proceeds from it more numerous causes will impart a greater number of gifts but less numerous causes a less number hence of participants some will consist of a greater number of things but others of a less number of which each participates some indeed through a progression from a greater number of causes but others from a less those however which proceed from a greater number of causes are more compounded but those from a less number of the same causes are more simple everything therefore which is produced by a greater number of causes is more compounded but that which is produced by a less number is more simple for the more compounded participates of those things of which the more simple participates but the contrary to this is not true proposition fifty nine everything which is essentially simple is either better or worse than composite natures for if such beings as are the extremes of things are produced by fewer and more simple causes but such as are in the middle from a greater number of causes the latter indeed will be composites but of the former some are more simple according to that which is better but others according to that which is worse that the extremes however are produced by fewer causes is evident because such natures as are higher begin to produce prior to such as are subordinate and extend beyond them to things to which subordinate natures do not proceed through a diminution of power for on this account also the last of things est, matter is most simple as well as the first of things because it proceeds from the first alone with respect to simplicity however one kind subsists according to that which is better than all composition but another according to that which is worse and there is the same reasoning in all things end of proposition fifty nine